Hi, and welcome to the official Laughs podcast. My name is Estefania Lacayo, and along with Samantha Tams, we founded the Latin American Fashion Summit, a global platform for Latin American fashion and design. In our podcast sessions, we aim to bring you enriching and inspiring conversations with designers, entrepreneurs, leaders, activists, and newcomers, and share their powerful stories with you. Thank you for being here. We hope you enjoy the following conversation. When I get asked about the meaning of a conscious lifestyle, two words come to my mind. The first one, connection. Connecting with our emotions, dreams, passions, sensitivity, compassion, spirituality, humanity. The moment we connect with ourselves, with our essence, we finally manage to connect with nature, animals, cultures, people, and with everything that surrounds us. When we connect, we cease to exist and begin to live. And when we reach this depth that many have not discovered yet, we understand the meaning of loving. Having so much love running through our veins that we dream of becoming better human beings on the daily. And it is this genuine love that leads us to the second word that defines a conscious lifestyle. True success. Success is a human who looks in the mirror and smiles at his own soul. Success is a woman who looks at another woman and reminds her about the qualities that make her unique instead of envying her. Success is collaborating instead of competing, preserving instead of destroying. Success are those disruptive entrepreneurs who fall 10 times and get up 11, all in the hopes of transforming our world. Success is a man who looks at a woman and sees beauty in her body. Success is living and feeling fully. Success is seeing others' pain and becoming a medicine. Success are those who are not afraid to connect with their own humanity. A conscious lifestyle is not a sacrifice, but a commitment that pushes us to transform into the best version of ourselves every single day. For our genuine happiness, for our children, for our people, for our country, for our planet. Valeria Hinojosa at an event for the nonprofit organization Glasswing International in New York City, where I live. I had also heard Valeria speak in Costa Rica and was immediately inspired by her story of reinvention and her passion for nature. Not only did it resonate with me, it also pushed me towards a more conscious lifestyle. Later on, we had the opportunity to bond in Necker Island, where I truly got to know her. After that, I started taking baby steps towards a more sustainable life. I have come to know so many great clean brands for products I now use for myself and in my household. So just to give you a brief background, Valeria is based in Miami, but was born and raised in Bolivia. She's the creator of Water Through Skin, a blog whose motto is Lifestyle with a Conscious. Before this, she spent five years working in private banking, but she will tell us more about that later on. So without further ado, I would like to welcome Valeria to her podcast, a conversation I'm very excited about because she has inspired me in so many ways since I first met her. Welcome, Valeria. It is a real pleasure to have you here today. ¿Cómo estás? How are you dealing with all of this situation? Bien, mi Steph. Thank you so much for asking me to join you and uh, for giving me the opportunity to talk about this and all the emotions that we're dealing with nowadays. Um, it's been a roller coaster. To be honest, it's been beautiful because uh, we have a lot of time on our hands to get to know each other better, to start 
working on things that we've put on hold because of life and rushing through life. But at the same t time, I think there is a big energy shift going on in the world and uh, that's totally. affecting a lot of us emotionally. So it's been um, learning lessons, daily learning Yeah, for lessons. me, it's like every day, it's like a different situation. It's like sometimes I'm just, you know, dealing with like two Zooms of schools and it's a lot of emotions and changes. But then, you know, but then some days, you know, you start getting used to it and you start actually enjoying it in a crazy way. Yeah, it, it's it's different. It's like the world is pushing us to get used to a new normal and um, it kind of hurts in a way because if you think about not being able to see the people that you love or like we go out on the streets and everyone's wearing masks and you need to keep that distance between each other. So all that kind of takes um, a toll on your emotions in a way, but it also helps you reanalyze your priorities and how you view life and how important human touch is, which is something 100%. I feel not forgotten. take anything for granted exactly. ever again. You know? Exactly. Yeah. So let's get to it. So tell us, Valeria. So you were born and raised in Bolivia. Yes. What was that like growing up there? Um, I was born and raised in Bolivia. I lived there until I was 18 and then I moved to the U.S. for college and I've been living in Miami for the past 12, 13 years. It was, Bolivia was beautiful. My family has um, vineyards back home, so I was pretty much born and raised surrounded by nature and I think that's where my love for nature and towards nature began to grow and uh, that connection that's we, a lot of us are missing and we need to focus more on. Um, but at the same time, it was a bit challenging because it's Latin American country, which means Latin American mindset. And um, that's probably one of the reasons why I left and didn't see Bolivia as home anymore. And I made a home here in the U.S. because I wanted to keep growing, not only personally, personally but also spiritually, professionally. And um, my mindset didn't fit the square boxes. <laughs> so. Did you go to school? Actually, I've never asked you this. Did you go to school in Miami or did you go to school somewhere else? At college, I did in Washington, D.C. And then I finished here in Miami. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So you started working, in, you started your career in private banking, I believe, right? Um, I and did. then you took this, you know, drastic turn. Tell me, um, tell me a little bit about that, about private banking, that stage of your life. It's a funny story. So my last year of college here in Miami, I had to take an internship and this opportunity knocked on my door to be an intern in Deutsche Bank, a private bank. And um, obviously I took it. I was very excited. I studied international business. Everyone in my family is very business driven entrepreneurs. And um, I was good with numbers. So I thought that was my path in life because I was good with numbers. It meant that I had to chase a career surrounded by that. And I did banking for five years only to realize on year three, probably four, that I had let this lifestyle and mindset consume me completely. So I became a different person. I was focused more on the tangibles, the material aspect, the salary, the bonus, the status. I'm pretending to be someone I wasn't and uh, disconnecting from my soul. And um, it wasn't until I think year three, four that I kind of hit depression in a, in a way. So, so, it was a, so was it a process, Valeria? Like, was it a process that you were unhappy that led to depression or was it... Uh, or you woke up one day and it was that aha moment that you're like, I need to take a drastic change? It was, it was kind of a realization, I think. So my office was looking towards the ocean 
And I remember every day just looking towards those blue, beautiful waters and ocean, of course, represents freedom. And I just remember I, one day I just began to analyze my life and to put my priorities in order and to realize that I, even though I had a great career and uh, I had achieved all the check marks that people and education and our families tell us to pursue in life, I felt empty, like I hadn't achieved anything in life, that I hadn't traveled. And that's when I started kind of an analyzing what your my spirit meant like what is that connection with the soul what is it that i'm missing why am i not happy in life like i would wake up every morning and drag myself out of bed and cry during my lunch breaks and i couldn't understand what was going on with myself or my emotions or even my career and these are sadly things that people usually don't talk about so i i never mentioned it to my family i never mentioned it to my friends i just struggled with this feeling and this depression on my own And um, the day that everything changed was the day that I started my blog. So I was already vegetarian at that time. I wanted to become a better human. So I transitioned into a vegan diet and I started researching. Literally, I Googled how to become a better human <laughs> and I started researching. So you started the blog while you were still in private banking? Yes, um, I started it during my last year as a private banker. What year was this? This was five, six years ago. And okay. uh, yeah, it started as a hobby. It was just me trying to create a platform where I could put my emotions in writing and connect, connect with like-minded human beings. Do you still remember what was your first post? I think it was fashion. I was focusing a lot on, on like vegan fashion, which sometimes is not sustainable. And at that time I didn't know, but uh, I wanted to promote vegan fashion brands. And then I realized that sustainability is goes far beyond my vegan diet. And I realized that it was a lifestyle. So I started writing about eco-friendly hotels worldwide. And then I started traveling. And when I took, I remember when I took my first two trips, one was Costa Rica and the other one was Guatemala. That was it. I was like, this is the life that I want. What was your first, um, what was your first client? My first client was this hotel in Costa Rica, Aslepios. And it's a holistic... How did they, they found you? You found Actually, them? Actually, I found them. So I started researching for hotels that were taking sustainability to a next level and kind of combining luxury with sustainability and also holistic medicine, Ayurvedic medicine that I believe in so much. And that's how I found Aslepios in Costa Rica. And um, I reached out to them and we were able to collaborate. And I was able to travel there, stay with them for, I think, three, four so days. So what was it? You would send them like... A, a link to your Instagram? Yeah, I sent them like a link to my website because I had already a platform and I had been writing a lot probably for like a few months already. And I told them what I was doing. And at that time, I think I was probably one of the few influencers that was focused on sustainability. How many followers did you have then? Uh, not many, probably like four. 5,000. <laughs> I mean, it's still, it's still good. I mean, yeah. Still for your first person reaching out to, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and she was, the, the founder was very open. She's an amazing human being. So I, I traveled there and that trip to me meant so much because it was all about nature. So it was me getting lost in nature, going on these tours, going to waterfalls, um, taking different holistic treatments every day from Reiki That was one of my first Reiki sessions, actually. Um, and then discovering the power of natural medicine. They had an orchard, so I was eating vegan organic food every day. And just the feeling of what I experienced during those four days was so profound that I realized that that was the lifestyle that I wanted to sleep for the rest of my life. 
And uh, I remember that trip was, for example, in September. And then, no, actually, that was in October. And then November, I traveled to Guatemala to Laguna Lodge, which is another beautiful eco-friendly hotel in Lake Atitlan. And that was it. After that trip, I came back. I remember I got promoted, actually. So I came back <laughs> to my bosses sitting me down and being like, remember that position that you were dreaming of? You have it here. Here's your bonus, your salary, everything. And instead of celebrating, I started crying. Um, and I was like, I can't take this. I realized immediately that I couldn't take that position because it meant another five to six years wow. of a career that wasn't aligned with my values. And that's how I quit <laughs> that day. So you quit that day. You quit, obviously, um, a, you know, a very secure lifestyle, you know. Obviously, private banking pays you well. How was that like? I mean, you're starting here, starting a career into something that it's not as big as what it is now. I would imagine influencers weren't making the money they make now five years ago. What was that like? You know, you transition, you don't have any clients. How did you how did you went about this? At the beginning, it was really tough. So this is something that people don't realize. I think they follow influencers and think that we got to where we are by miracle. Like they, they have it all. They have a dad that pays their bills or a boyfriend that is their photographer. And in my case, it wasn't like that. So I literally went from having it all as a banker to losing it all because I took that risk. I didn't have enough of an audience to start earning or working with brands on paid partnerships. So everything was collaborations, uh, which meant that I had to live, live off my savings and eat my savings, uh, which happened. And after like four months, I think I was, um, I had to file for bankruptcy, 26, wow. 27. And I couldn't pay my bills. So I had to move out of my home, return my car. And I ended up living in my mom's couch for eight months. And in between it all, I kind of What never... was that? Sorry, I'm going to ask you a personal question. Of course, of course. Um, I would imagine, you know, both of us being from Latin America, um, some, in some cases, at least, you know, in many cases, you know, parents in general, not even only Latin parents, um, want us to have, you know, that secure career, you know, that can pay those bills. How was your family... Um, reacting to all of this situation of you changing shifts into this new stage, living in a couch from being in a secure position. How was your mother and your father? It was, um, it was really tough. How was dealing with this? Yeah, it was really tough on them, especially on my mom, who was raised in a different way than my dad. For her, it was all about the status and uh, the career. And when I told her that I quit after she knew that I was I was going to get promoted and the big salary and the bonus and everything, she freaked out, of course. She thought that I was crazy, that I had lost it. And then when a few months went by and I literally knocked on her door with my suitcase and everything in a storage, she she took it completely She saw it differently than I did. So she didn't understand what a sustainable lifestyle was. So whenever I talked about my blog, she just called me the vegan hippie. This is my vegan hippie daughter. Like, I, um, So yeah, so for my mom, when I reached, when I knocked on her door with a suitcase and my entire life in a storage, she thought that I had lost it. She's like, okay, this is where my daughter went from having it all to hitting rock bottom. And at that moment, this was, uh, this was probably like four years ago, four yeah, I think my mother, I think that's exactly how my mother felt when I told her that when I was in Boston and I told her that I wanted to study fashion. I mean, literally her words were like, ¿Qué? 
yes. vas a ser costurera. And I was like, no, mom, I'm actually not going to design clothes. And she's like, so what are you going to do? And I'm like, I have no idea, but there must be a career out there for people that are not designers. <laughs> but yeah, they're just, they, it's, it's a different mentality, you know? It's so hard for them to believe that you can make a career out of your passions. So that's something that my mom couldn't connect with. She's like, it's impossible. You're dreaming. Stop dreaming. Like, what is sustainable living? How are you going to live off veganism? Like, those were the things that she thought. And uh, it kind of took me eight months. And the good thing is that at, at that moment in my life, we didn't have a good relationship, my mom and I. And now we have the most beautiful relationship ever. And I kind of needed that because she was really tough on me every day. So she literally, she didn't make my life comfortable. If she had done that, probably I would still be on her couch. Um, but every morning she challenged me and every morning she reminded me that I, I didn't belong there, like the, that I had so much potential, whatever. Uh, she did, Even though she didn't believe in sustainable living, now she does because she's changed tremendously and it's beautiful too to That's watch and wonderful. witness. But yeah, it was hard on her, but I, I kind of needed that. I needed that push. Yeah, that push, you know, it makes you tougher and it keeps you out of the couch, right? Yeah. So tell me about how long did it take you? How long did it take you from the struggling period of a startup to then, you know, to 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 having a few secure brands that could that could allow you to get out of the couch and pay for your rent? So it took me probably a year, a year and a half. Um, I lived with my mom for eight months and during the last, I think, three to four months of that period, I already started working with Airbnb. Airbnb had launched the Airbnb experiences. Was that one of your first clients? Yes, that was actually my biggest client. They wanted me I mean, to, that's amazing. <laughs> they wanted me to create like a sustainable vegan experience for Miami and somehow my experience, which involved, <clears throat> sorry, yoga and paddle boarding, and meditation and a vegan brunch and dinner became their top seller. And it was just beautiful to, to see this growth. And I was able to save enough to move into a new apartment. So, um, okay. So after Airbnb, that deal, what happens then? How did, did you reach out to, to an agency? How did, how did you, did you hire PR? Like, how did you, you know, how did it go from 5,000 to, you know, yeah, to those 50,000? Yeah, it was kind of a crazy story. So I started working with Airbnb. The experience became a bestseller. I was able to start saving, move to a studio. So I moved into a studio here in Midtown. And I was so happy, I remember, because I was like, finally, I get to have my own place again. After, like, I think two years of being homeless. <laughs> and um, the beautiful part was that I had such a beautiful relationship with Airbnb that they started reaching out to press to talk about my experience and my and my story, how I had left banking and started traveling and how my blog grew and now how I was working with them. And uh, they reached out to Forbes and Forbes did an interview on me. And that interview kind of went viral because people love the quotes that I had mentioned and my story and they started reposting and one of my quotes became like a Forbes quote of the day and that press release right there opened so many doors for me so I started getting sponsors I started getting reached out by different magazines and slowly without even looking for it um, all these doors started opening that's wonderful you know what's so great about about your, you know, not only about your story, but, you know, actually when I first heard you speak was actually in Aromina in Costa Rica. Remember that Carmen put it together 
And I remember, you know, listening to your story and, you know, it, it really, you know, it's not only resonated with me, but, you know, it inspired me so much. So obviously right after then I started following you and I, you know, you have, you have had a huge impact in my life. And I know I've told you this, but you've really had like, you know, from not being conscious, you know, I started being so much more conscious about, um, you know, household brands that I, you know, that I bring into my house. Like, you know, I've, I've learned about so many new brands, you know, that I take with my coffee, like Dr. Vince, like I discovered that through you, um, all of their products, I use them through you, the way that it's crazy. And but the most important is about how you tell the story so, so real. You know, there's no fakeness behind. Like it's, you know, I can see through you that this is not only your passion, but that you're really, if you're promoting a brand, it, it's crazy, but you can tell that it's real, that you actually like that. Tell me about how is it for you about now, you know, obviously now you're in a different stage. You have, you know, thousands of more followers, you know, everybody knows you in the sustainable world, you're a public speaker, you know, you get interviews all the time. How is it for you now signing on a new brand that you want to work with? How is that process? It's exactly like you mentioned. So something that I wanted to be loyal to was um, my readers. So I just wanted to make sure that I was 100% real with them and uh, as transparent as possible, not only sharing my daily struggles and successes, but also with brands. So before I um, agree to a partnership with a brand, I make sure that I try the product. So we usually, now I have an agent and with her, it was the same thing. I told her the categories that I look for in in brands, because obviously as an influencer, you get reached out by brands that are not even sustainable. And those are the first ones that I say no to. So for me, everything is super important from the ingredients that they use to the um, practices, uh, fair trade, cruelty-free, to the packaging, is it sustainable, compostable, recyclable? And I just want to make sure that I love the brand so much that it's easy for me to promote it. Because when I I did at the beginning, I remember working with one or two brands that I wasn't too happy with. And I struggled so much being real and trying to promote the brand that I had to end the contracts before they were due because I just couldn't I couldn't be myself. But whenever you connect with a brand and when your values are aligned with it and you love it and use it on a daily basis, it's so easy to talk about it and promote it to the world. So that's, that's my kind of my mission when it comes to partnerships. I love it. I mean, I I really, I absolutely love everything you promote, the way you share the story. Um, And yeah, I mean, I think my dream is um, one day being, having the medicine cabinet that you have. I think, (laughs) I'll get there. It's babies. You you keep, you say it all the time. It's all about baby steps, right? One day I'll be disposing everything that we use and... I have your medicine cabinet, but you know, I think I'm in a much better place than I was. I even, love that. It is the know? baby steps and it's it's um, daily baby steps that you're going to start taking. And especially with medicine, I think it was four years ago that I switched all the toxic meds to holistic and natural medicine. And for me, the journey was beautiful because I just love learning about the power of nature and how we can heal from headaches to body aches to um, thyroid disease or any disease that we have or we're struggling with, with the power of nature. So yeah, that's probably one of my favorite topics. (laughs) No, totally. And I think, you know, talking about influencing and especially the ones that you know that are extremely conscious like you i think this is an unbelievable talk about great timing for you guys as a business 
um, where all of the other channels of advertisement are down the, and pretty much influencers are o- the only channel right now to promote a product, it's a great timing for you. And I feel like everyone wants, if someone wants, like, for example, if I would be a designer, I would rather have someone that is extremely conscious than someone that looks extremely shallow and superficial, you know? So I think it's also a great timing um, in, in your advantage. Are you very busy right now? It's It's been a combination of both. So thank God I'm still working with a lot of brands, but I've also talked to a, f- a few friends of mine that are also conscious influencers and they haven't been able to work with brands because every company is cutting their budgets because they're afraid of the future. And there's so much ambiguity that we don't know what's going to happen. So... That's something- I mean, they're cutting their budgets, but I also speak to many of these, you know, larger companies and also small brands. They also need to clean inventory. And if you find the right voice out there that can help you promote the product from their home, I mean, I think they're all starting to be open about it. I think they're just starting to be much more conscious about who they work with because that could be a huge effect in their brand. That's one and two. I think probably this month or next, things are going to change a little bit because we're now getting adjusted to this new normal. It wasn't two weeks like everyone kept talking about. It's going to be longer than that. It's going to take months to go back to, at least to try to go back to where we were and or if not years and brands yeah, I are... Think it, I, think we're, I think we're in this for the whole year. Yeah. And brands are, are reshaping their practices and their values and everything to make sure that we're we're aligned with that and they're looking which for the great. right influence. Which is, we which, needed this and we've been talking about this for years, but this is literally what pushed us to actually execute on it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I do think, at least on, on the fashion world, I mean, I think we're going to come out of this stronger. It's going to take us a few years to get out of it economically, but I think we will come out of it much stronger than the other day. Vale, so in 2019, the Amazons were deeply affected by devastating wildfires that killed countless animals, destroyed over 125,000 hectares of precious nature, and pushed hundreds of species to the brink of extinction. The Bolivian Amazons were largely affected by this. That said, you used your platform for good and you created awareness of the situation and you also helped raise over $200,000 towards the cause. Um, I, as a follower and as a friend, I was, you know, I was, I was shocked by, you know, what an amazing job you were doing, but, um, but you did, yeah, you did such an amazing job telling the story and you were so deeply devoted to it day and night by showing us, you know, from like, the payroll, the bank account that you have received this check and this check went exactly to pay for this. Um, Tell us about that. Tell us about all of this situation. Uh, How did you go about it? Um, So that was kind of a situation and a cause that was very dear to my heart because it was one nature and my country and the people that I love suffering because of the fires. And the reason why I decided to do something about it was because I was in Bolivia when the fire started and no one was talking about it. Like no one, no news channel was mentioning it, mentioning the reality that we were facing. And it wasn't until I got back to Miami that I started receiving texts from friends, sending me videos and images of how badly the fires were getting and the, the indigenous communities that had to be evacuated and the animals. And um, I remember just being at home and thinking, like, there's something that I need to do. I can't just sit here and not use my platforms or the power that we have through social media. And I started this donation page without ever 
realizing or thinking that it would it would get that far. I thought that I would probably raise like two thousand or three thousand dollars and send back home, but in a matter of a week, we had close to a hundred thousand dollars. And uh, for me, it was beautiful because it showed exactly what I've been trying to show for so many years: the power of social media if we use it wisely. And also the power that influencers and everyone around the world has when we join forces. Because this was honestly like a collaboration. I remember posting my donation page on my website and then every friend that I have and influencer friend that I have started reposting and this thing went viral in a matter of 24 hours. And uh, what was more, I think just mesmerizing was to see people connect with nature at that level everyone started hurting so much that they wanted to do something about it. So we started receiving donations from $25 all the way to like $2,000. And, um, and it was just, yeah, just us volunteers, me from Miami and 20 people that I know back home in Bolivia, uh, sending the funds to them, them going to buy the uniforms for the firemen, getting, um, trying to rent the helicopters with the Bambis to be able to put those fires down, the charter planes to take volunteers and firemen to La Chiquitania, which is from five to eight hours away from Santa Cruz, which is the, the, the city where I'm from. And uh, it was just, it was a mission but it was beautiful to see civilians rise up and join forces and be able to protect what gives us life on a daily basis. It's amazing. I mean, I was, I was following you day and night. I, um, we, we actually at laughs, we, we were constantly reposting everything you were doing and creating stories for you and helping you raise money because we were deeply touched by it. But, and, but also, as a you know, as a friend, admiring so much how you were using your platform for good. Um, so did that did that change a little bit your relationship with Bolivia? Meaning, like you started your career in Miami. I would imagine that you know that all of your jobs in the past you know five years now as an influencer um, has been in the U.S. Right? Or when or your eco friendly hotels that you travel all over the world. Did that give you a platform to start having more awareness in Bolivia and having Bolivian companies reaching out? It did uh, more than companies, just Bolivian citizens. So a lot of people from Bolivia started following me, which gave me an opportunity to give this message to them about sustainability because it's not amazing it's not a big movement back home it's starting um there are a few small businesses that are focusing on zero waste shopping and non-toxic beauty and sustainable packaging but it's not as big as the u.s or even in europe and um that's one of the reasons why it was so hard for me to go back to bolivia because i i knew that i couldn't do what i do back home and having that support, like seeing so many Bolivians follow my account and send me messages and start asking questions, I realized that there was an interest. So I started going back home often to do public speaking events and uh, they're actually beautiful. 200 to 300 people show up and we get to talk about everything That's sustainable. So nice. Yeah. And I even started a business back home to promote um, sustainable brands that are starting. So it's Wow, that has to feel really, really good. I'm sure your mom now is extremely proud. <laughs> she is. She is. It's so funny. And now without me even saying anything, just by example, she started changing her life. So she uses wow. our aromatherapy now, like essential oils, and is very conscious about her waste production and her diet. Like it's it's crazy. That's so great. Yeah. 
Uh, Valeria, another personal project of yours is a retreat in Bali that you host every year. Could you tell us more about this? Of course. Um, actually, Bali is kind of like my second home. I've been going to Bali every year for the past four years. The first trip that I took there was to review an eco-friendly hotel, which is actually where I host this retreat every year. And it's probably one of the few places on earth that I've traveled to where I get to connect with nature to another level, um, where I get to forget about the world and the noise of the world and where I get to disconnect from even social media because once you're there, you're kind of floating in another frequency and um, the culture, the, the, the religion, the people, the food, they have so many vegan restaurants there. How many people come in the retreat? Um, so I started hosting this retreat. This is going to be my fourth year hosting it at, at this eco-friendly hotel. And we started with 12 people and now we get 20 people every year. Wow. But you're going to keep it at 20 always. Yeah, I wanted to keep it at 20 because even though it's me and two or three other teachers or healers, The fact that there's 20 gives people the opportunity to get to know each other, to connect and to feel like you're a family and you don't feel yeah, much intimidated. More personal level. Exactly. That's great. We need to figure out the dates here because I know. I'm dying to go and it always falls in the last <laughs> summit dates. Wait, what dates are the what, what dates is the summit? Well, we're hoping for, which is different now because it's last week of October And you always do, we always do it at the beginning of November and you always do it at the beginning of November. Oh, but this, this is good. If it's last week of October, I can go and then I fly exactly. to Bali. And okay. most likely we're going to be changing the dates for the years to come because I do think the fashion calendar will change. Yeah. Uh, thank God. And let's hope it does. <laughs> and we start doing less collections. Um, if that's the case, if it's finally everyone agrees and we do only two collections, like we should, That means that I could probably change the dates to to somewhere mid-year that I would actually like. So Let we me could, know, I no, could no, definitely no. join you one day. Yes, and I would love to join you guys too because I remember that last time you wanted me to speak and I couldn't. And I was like, oh, oh my, my God, God, what do I do? I need you to be sharing the story and your video yeah, on stage for I sure. I would love that. Yeah, but the retreat is beautiful. You have to come. It's kind of like introduction to a sustainable living. So the hotel is um, powered by a waterfall and the waterfall is underneath the villas. It's a 12 meter waterfall that you're also drinking that water. So it's live water. Um, they have organic orchards where you're eating vegan organic food on a daily basis, drinking organic coffee. We have different healers. Um, we start with a meditation and yoga every morning and then have different types of healing, crystal healing, um, astrology. Now we're going to have a journaling, something I was going to do that. I'm dying. And I need to go. Yeah. So it's going to be a combination of everything. And it's kind of like a way for you to awaken your soul, connect with nature and just start loving yourself. It's honestly That's like a so hug to, to your heart. And it's always in the same hotel. It's always in the same hotel. This hotel is two, almost three hours away from Ubud. So it's north and you're literally in the middle of nowhere. You're surrounded by nature and um, it's inviting you to connect with that. With uh, How that many magic. days is it? It's seven days. Six nights, seven That's days. That's great. I love that. Well, yeah. I can't wait. Yes. So lastly... Um, Lately, defining our purpose or defining our why has been an important part of our agenda at LAFS. As you know, we are all going through tough times right now, and I think it's more important than ever to have a clear definition of your purpose. So I'd like to ask my final question on what is your why? My why for what I do? Your why in life, your why as a person, your why for what you do, 
what wakes you up in the morning? You know, what's that purpose, you know? So for me, and I think that's something that we're actually facing right now with this quarantine and this pandemic, what set my life in motion six years ago was one question. And I asked myself what would happen if I die tomorrow? And I remember that I started crying and I told myself I'm not ready to die. I feel like I haven't achieved anything. I'm not happy. I don't even know what happiness is. And that's what led me to recreate myself completely. And that was my why, just connecting with my spirit, understanding what self-love is, what genuine happiness is, understanding that I don't have to follow rules or fit in a box or that I was meant to kind of defy the structures in my family, in our world, and to understand the power of living purely, fearlessly, in connection with nature and understanding how everything is aligned and that we can't just continue to act in a way that is selfish, even as an entrepreneur. Um, being a conscious entrepreneur has shaped me so much as a human being. And uh, just understanding that everything has an impact and that's where a conscious lifestyle comes to play because it's everything we do. It's the way we talk, the way we eat, the way we dress, the way we hug, the way we love. It's an entire lifestyle. Totally. That's amazing. I think we're going to be seeing so much more of you oh, in so many amazing platforms. So I think it's it's amazing what you do. And it's, and you know, you tell the story perfect and it's, it's great. Really. Congrats. Thank you. It comes from the heart. And thank you for having me. I adore you. I love what you guys are doing. And if we can keep spreading this message. Um, all I in. love that. Thank you, Ali. <laughs> Seriously. Um, actually, I have one last question. Yesterday's post. I was very shocked. <laughs> I was very shocked for all of you listening. Um, Valeria has always been extremely quiet um, about her personal life. And yesterday she posted about a person that we had never heard about. And it was amazing. I mean, it was beautiful the way she told us about it. Uh, she posted a very sexy, romantic um sensitive video of them <laughs> tell me about him how did you guys meet how yeah, what is it i kind of love this story and i love people's reaction to the video and all the messages that we've received because there's they're filled with love we were reading them this morning and everyone was just sending so <laughs> many love vibes our way and just proud of this relationship and the fact that i finally share a relationship on social media but yeah the reason why i hadn't shared anything is because it took me probably like three, almost four years to meet that person where I go like, wow, finally, I met that person that uh, my soul can communicate with. Um, he's vegan too, Colombian, sexy accent, <laughs> but he's <laughs> very focused in, into sustainability. So it's been really easy for us to talk on a daily basis. It started during this quarantine, actually. So we met two months ago through a friend um, who said that we had to meet because we had so many things in common. And we went on one date. I got there really late. I got there like 30 minutes late, which only left us like 40 minutes to talk because he had another meeting. And during that date, we really connected. We loved our conversation. And that kind of built a curiosity. And we kept talking, texting. But then I had to fly to Bolivia. He flew to Colombia. And we kind of didn't connect that often anymore. And then this quarantine happened, which meant that I was stuck at home. He was stuck at home in Boliv in Colombia. And uh, we, it kind of gave us an opportunity to start talking without rushing. 
and one text turned into a FaceTime call and that FaceTime call turned into daily three to four hour video calls. Oh my God. Talk about and quarantine love. Yeah, I love this story. Could go was, into a book. <laughs> it was just insane. And we never had an awkward moment of silence. We were just so excited to share our passions and our values. And we literally finished each other's sentences. We're so like, it's insane. And for me, it's the first time that I actually fall in love with someone who sees life the way I do. And it's been so beautiful and so easy because you're not struggling wow, I'm so so happy yeah. for you I can tell you and uh, I mean, wow you. it sounds amazing thank I'm very you, very happy Laura. for you and now he's here so he got here two days ago and we're I doing quarantine that. together and so far so good I can't wait to meet him I know I know I can't wait for you to how meet him. great would that be so now it's even bigger chances for you coming to laughs because <laughs> he's Colombian yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Valeria, thank you so much for your time. Thank um, you. Lord. I'm so happy. Um, I'm so happy you shared all of this with us. Thank you. Thank of you. course. Whatever you guys need, I'm here. Open book. And thank you for having me again, Steph. And I love what you guys do. So any anytime that you need to collaborate, I'm here for you guys. I love it. Thanks, Vale. Te mando un beso. Thank you. Igual, besito. Ciao. Thank you so much for listening to this Labs podcast. I really hope that you were as inspired as I was with this conversation with Valeria Hinojosa. Don't forget to let us know who would you like us to feature in our podcast by emailing us or sending us a direct message on Instagram. Sending you lots of love and thanks again for tuning in.